0: Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you join us today. And wherever you're listening from or whenever you're listening to this, we hope that you are encouraged. And if you ever want to join us in person, you can always join us at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But we love you and we hope that you're encouraged today. You packed the lunch today because it's been a while since I preached and uh, I'm super excited to be... I'm just joking. I got 23 minutes and I'm going to try to get it done, okay? Uh, so y'all have to listen fast, all right? You can't be listening slow like you always do. You got to listen fast today, all right? I'm joking. Y'all are great. Y'all listen fast all the time. I just talk for a long time. But I'm excited because today I think it's going to be a monumental day. It, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about uh, with the boo up here. And uh, I'm super excited because we're going to be talking all about... Some Something that I'm very passionate about, and our church is becoming very passionate about. But I love how many of y'all were born and raised in the South? Come on now, lift your hands up. Don't be ashamed. I like the South. All right, here we go. We got two hands up right here. I love the South. I love a lot of the traditions of the South. The South has by far the best food in the country. Come on, let me hear it, somebody. Uh, We we definitely got desserts on lockdown. We got fried food on lockdown down here. I think we do it the best. Uh, One of the best things, the traditions I like about the South, though, is um, the, the idea that I could probably come to a lot of your houses and find something that was passed down to you from generations, right? Like I'd come to your house, I could find a quilt. How many of y'all have a quilt that you have from like your great, great, great? We have them. I have three or four of them at my house. I meant to bring them today and I completely forgot. Um, We have some chairs at our house that uh, were in Stephanie's great, great, grandfather's law office in Dallas. And that dude like new presidents. It was crazy. And these, these chairs are now at our house. They're these old wooden antique chairs that now have stickers all over them because of our children. So... Uh, they're great. But uh, that's something that's been passed down to us. My grandfather recently died, and uh, we had he, he always wore, like, trucker hats. And we got a trucker hat that he used to wear. He was he was a Marine, and so Reuben has that in his room now. And we just have stuff that gets passed down. How many of y'all have ever had jewelry passed down? Come on, you've had jewelry passed down, right? How many of you have had uh, pieces of furniture passed down? Come on, just raise your hand real quick. How many of you ever, this is a golden one, a cast iron skillet passed down to you. Anybody in here? Okay, we got one right here. I started like we have we start using cast iron skillets and our kids are going to have those one day. I love those. Uh, Some of you may have had guns or firearms passed down. Anybody like, okay, right here. Don't be ashamed now. He's, He's nervous. Clothing you may have had passed down. Old family recipes. Who's got a family recipe or two that's been passed down? Oh, it's awesome. White chocolate bread pudding. I need to marry into his family just for that right there. How many of you have pictures that have been passed down that you have that are super? they're, They're not even black and white. They're like brown and white. You know what I'm talking about? I love the stuff that's passed down from generation to generation in the South. And I don't know if, I feel like that's more of a Southern thing. Like that's just part of our family heritage, but that's something that we do down here. I love that. Uh, some of you, uh, heirlooms are cool. Like those are those are really neat things. But some of you have other things passed down to you. Like maybe your grandparents were funny and you spent a lot of time with your grandparents. And next thing you know, it taught you how to have a good sense of humor. Now you're funny, right? Like. Maybe Maybe for some of you, your parents were generous. That's something that my parents have always been really great at. They, they would give you the shirt off their back. They're very generous people. And that's something that they've passed down to me that I'm very, very thankful for. And, and generosity maybe have gotten passed down for you. It's not just physical things, but spiritual things like that. Character traits get passed down to you. But here's what I also know is that maybe there's some people in here, your dad maybe struggled with alcohol. He was an alcoholic. And that's something that you grew up with an angry dad. And now that's something that you might struggle with. You might struggle with alcohol. You might struggle with anger. You might struggle with depression. You might struggle with your body image or self-esteem or whatever. And these things may have been passed down to you from the generations before. And if you look at your, your genogram, right? Like your, if you look at your family tree and trace stuff back, there might be history of divorce or history of brokenness or addiction. And all of a sudden these things without you really knowing it are getting passed down from generation to generation. And now you're left with trying to figure out am I gonna become like them in that regard or am I gonna be different? Here's what I know. What we pass to the next generation matters. Parents, listen to me. What you pass to your kids matters. Teachers, what you pass to the next generation, it matters. Grandparents, what you pass to your grandkids matters. Your grandkids give you a second chance at passing something on to another generation. What you pass to the next generation, it's powerful, it matters, it has exponential consequences, good or bad. So today we're gonna talk about what we are passing down to the next generation. I talked about before uh, that some of us view the next generation and we're annoyed. They, they seem entitled, they seem immature, they seem uh, like they don't have their life together, they're not organized, they don't give a crap about being on time anywhere, right? Like they don't care, they just wanna be on their phones and you see all this negative stuff. Well, guess what the Bible would teach us? That if you don't like what the next generation looks like, it's partially your fault, it's my fault. If we don't like the way that they're turning out, well, guess what? God, part of God's design is that we're to pass on God's works, God's teachings from generation to generation. What we hand off to the next generation is powerful and it matters. If you don't like the way the next generation's turning out, guess what? You have an opportunity to do something about it. It can be different in your home. It can be different in your church. It can be different in your community. And so we're going to look at a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 4. I cannot spell Deuteronomy, by the way. I may have spelled it wrong 25 times up here, Ignore it if that's, but y'all don't know how to spell it either, so I'm not worried about it. But we're gonna look at Moses and he's trying to tell the people of Israel what to do. He says this, and now Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so that you may enter and occupy the land the Lord, uh, the God of your ancestors is giving to you. He's saying, hey, listen, there's something more that I'm giving you. There's something, your destiny is what you have to step into. But if you're going to step into it, be careful to do what I told you to do. Don't add or subtract to these commandments I'm giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord, the God I'm giving you. Moses is setting them up right now. He's, he, they've been in the wilderness. They've been wandering around. And God is trying to get them ready to step into the future that God has for his people. And so he's saying, hey, listen, obey the things that God has told me to tell you to obey. Like you have to do this if you're going to step into your destiny, if you're going to step into the land that God has for you. Here's what he says. He says, but watch out, be careful, never forget what you yourself have seen. Don't let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And listen to this, and be sure to pass them on to your children and to your grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai, where he told told me, summon the people before me and I will personally instruct them. Then they will learn to fear me as long as they live and they will teach their children to fear me. Also, Moses is looking at them and he's saying, hey, you can't forget what God has done for you. What did God do for them? Well, they were enslaved in Egypt for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And finally, Moses comes along. And when Moses comes along, Moses shakes things up. And all of a sudden, they, the crazy things start happening. The 10 plagues happen. And the people of Israel are seeing all this and they're unaffected by these plagues. Finally, Pharaoh lets the people go and they get to the edge of the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, God does a crazy miracle and he parts the Red Sea. He parts Old Hickory Lake right here. And these people cross over, not on mud, not on sand that was a little wet. No, no, they cross on dry ground. All million of them, or hundreds of thousands of them, they all cross over on dry ground. Then all of a sudden the sea closes, it kills all the Egyptians. And as soon as they get on the other side, they start complaining. They're like, I'm hungry. Like, I don't really like the food. Okay, but God is literally giving them magic bread that just appears on the ground and it's called manna. He's giving them quail that falls from the sky. They have all the meat, they have all the bread they could ever want for that day and they're complaining. Oh, how quickly they have forgotten what God has done for them. God's providing water from a rock. He's, he's split the Red Sea. He's giving them manna. He's giving them quail. But how quickly they forget. How quickly do we forget the things that God has done? Moses is saying, hey, don't forget these things. Remember what God did? That's the stuff that you need to be passing down to the next generation. The testimony of God's faithfulness. You can't forget this stuff but we're the exact same. We forget what God does. We forget the the seas that he's parted in our lives. And if we forget, then the next generation will never know. So no wonder they grow up and they don't have an affection for God like we do. Well, maybe it's because we haven't done a good job of reminding them who their God is. And so this 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 journey of our church has been crazy. And now y'all are sick of hearing all this. I don't care. I'm going to keep talking about it because I don't want you to forget what God has done to get us here today. Is God done? No. But he has done an awful lot to get us here today. Here's some things that, that God did. Well, We started our church. We had a fundraising goal that felt impossible because COVID hit and it felt like we would never... Get there. God provided over our original fundraising goal before COVID. God gave us a studio to have church in that saved us a ton of money where we could launch our church online. He gave us a place to meet for free for an entire year, even though it was on Sunday nights. We gave it. He gave us a place to meet for free. Somebody needs to start clapping for God in this place. It was amazing. He also provided financially for our church every single month. There's only been three months since our church is launched that we've not met our budget. budget. That's crazy. God's provided financially every single uh, every single step of the way. He brought us the most amazing people to our church. He's answered so many of your prayers through the 21 days of prayer and fasting. He provided over $50,000 when we had a goal of raising $30,000 in 30 days. He's provided this place at half the cost of what we planned on, by the way. This place is half off without us even asking. The lady said, hey, how about you take half off of that and we'll let you meet here for that much? Come on, give God. Some some praise for everything that he's done. Not only that, he's renovating the parking lot for free. Come on, somebody, I'm so excited about that. He's renovated this place right before we started meeting here. God renovated this place. We have a beautiful place to meet in. He's allowed us to give away thousands of meals to our community. He's allowed us to give thousands of dollars away to families starting churches across the country. And he's allowed us to help a family in this room right now that's trying to adopt. Somebody give God some praise in here for everything that he's done. I never want to forget it. Don't forget what God has done. Don't forget what God's, and that doesn't even count my personal life and your personal life. Don't forget what God has done for you, how he came through when you felt like he would never come through, how he restored that relationship when you thought that it was completely broken. Never forget what God has done. Why? Because the next generation depends on it. We need to remember so that we can tell our kids, kids, do you remember when God gave us this house? He provided this house and that happened to us. Man, we, we were praying for a house and we were praying, we asked our kids to pray and they started praying like, okay, we asked, hey, Reuben, what do you want? He said, I want a fireplace. Okay, great, we're gonna pray that God gives us a house with the fireplace. Ellie, what do you want? I want a big, fenced-in backyard. All right, we're gonna pray for that. Lucy, what do you want? I want a basement. So if a tornado comes, we have a basement. And so we started praying for it. And then mommy and daddy are like, we need this house to be cheap. You know what I'm saying? And so we started praying for that. Wouldn't you know? God answered, we have two fireplaces in our house, by the way. We have a gigantic backyard that's fenced in. We have a basement that's fully finished that we're gonna have our student ministry in and all for the exact amount that we prayed for. We tell our kids that all the time. Come on, give God a hand. Listen, I'm I'm telling you, there was a time, I remember this, we tell our kids this stuff all the time. I remember uh, there was a point in time I totaled our only car and uh, I remember uh, this was, Years ago, uh, while we were at Christ Fellowship, and I told her our only car, and Stephanie had, uh, we, we had a little Hyundai Elantra, there's no way we could have a family in that car now, I could, I mean, it's like a little matchbook with wheels, that's what that car was, and I remember uh, we, I totaled the car, and we had, literally had no car, and Stephanie was like, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but please give us a minivan, and I'm thinking, keep praying, girl, because we can't afford no minivan right now. And the next day, someone from our church calls us and said, someone just called me and said that they feel like there's a family in our church that needs a minivan. Uh, Would you guys be in need of something like that? And Stephanie just started bawling in the car. She was like, how did you know? You know, and because God is a good God. He does good works all the time. And if we forget these things, the next generation is doomed, Because when they're met with something challenging, they need to know the God that's gonna come through for them. They need to know. So Moses keeps on going. This is Deuteronomy chapter six. He says this, listen O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commands that I'm giving to you today. So he's looking at this. He said, hey, I'm about to tell you something. But what I'm about to tell you, you need to commit your whole life to. Everything about you, your heart meant like your intellect and your intelligence. Your soul was like your personality, kind of what makes you you. Your strength was not your physical strength, but what you were occupationally gifted in, like your strengths. And uh, that's what it was talking about. And he said, once you feel like that you've done these things and you've given all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, Double down and then commit wholeheartedly on top of that. You're gonna do something even even bigger. And he says this, here's what he says in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse seven. He says, repeat them, repeat these commandments again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up, tie them to your heads and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates. He says, hey, listen, the things of God, you need to be about the things of God so much that that's all you talk about, that's all you think about. People should know that about you, not in a weird way, but just as a part of your everyday life, you should be thinking about and being about the things of God. How many of you have ever met a CrossFitter before? Come on, be honest, How many of you have ever you a CrossFitter or a vegan? These also count, okay? How do you know that people are CrossFitters or vegans? They talk about it instantly. Like you could be like, man, isn't the weather good today? Well, uh, while I was at CrossFit today eating my vegan sandwich, I was, and they'll just tell you that this is what God is saying. God is saying, be a CrossFitter, be like a vegan. Like just tell us what you, you know, like you should just, you should just permeate this naturally. You should just be all about this. He's telling them, listen, pass it on to your children. You should pass these things down. These things that I've taught you, these great works that I've done, you should pass these down to your children and to their children and to their children. That's what you have to do. And and, and listen, adults, remembering and teaching God's faithfulness, teaching God's word is a mantle that we have to carry. If you're an adult in this room and have influence over a person in the next generation, it is your mantle to carry that you have to teach your kids, remind your kids who God is, teach them the truths of God's word. It's your mantle to carry. That's not only mine and Pastor Stephanie's job and Miss Sadie and Robin's job and kids. No, that is your job. Moses didn't look at the priests and say, hey, y'all better teach these kids. No, he said, your kids are your kids and they're your responsibility. You have to carry this mantle. You have to show them the things of God. You have to remind them the things of God. The Bible says it this way, Psalm 145, 4. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. God has done mighty acts in your life. It is up to you, keep that verse up there, to teach your children about God's mighty acts, about his faithfulness, about his character, about his provision, about his word. It's your job to teach the next generation of his mighty acts. I thought um, this fountain was gonna be much bigger when I bought it off Amazon, okay? So y'all bear with me. You gotta check those dimensions, you know what I mean? And I did not do that. But I like this fountain because it shows this picture perfectly. If you think of each little cup thing as a generation, this is what God designed the family to do. This is what God designed the church to do. You see, the source is the water. The water represents God and his mighty acts and God shows up and he does mighty acts and and all of a sudden the mighty acts, they start to overflow and they go from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. And there's this constant outpouring of reminding of what God did in the past, but being present, understanding what God's doing right now so that you can tell the future generation everything that he's done in the past. And it's a cycle, it's a trickle effect. And all of a sudden our kids are understanding and they're knowing God's faithfulness, God's character, God's might, God's provision. And so when they're faced with something in their life, they can go back and go, no, no, the same God, that came through for my parents the same God that came through for my grandparents, the same God that came through at Oasis Church and my student ministry workers and my kids workers, the same God that did that thing there, I know that he's gonna do it again. That's what faith is. Faith is drawing from past experiences where God's provided in the past and planting him in your future saying, hey, I, since God did it then, God can do it now. And our generation behind us needs that more than ever. Why? Because the generation behind us, Gen Z. They're agnostic. They're not saying there's not a God, they just don't really know what to believe. They're anxious. Man, I did hours of research on this when I was preparing for this message. You know, they're anxious. Like, majorly anxious, why? Because they don't hang out around people anymore. They're on their phones, they're on screens. They're, and that doesn't do the same thing that human interaction does. And so they're sitting alone in the rooms, they're scrolling. They don't have good relationships with people. They're also very depressed statistically speaking. And did you know the correlation of screen time and happiness, uh, they're linked by the way. The more screen time, the less happy statistically that our Generation Z is. This is how they are. But they're also mission-minded. Gen Z will get behind something like that, that they believe in. They also, I mean, they have major buy-in. They have major influence. So what's that tell me? That tells me that if we can get this right, if we can pass down the things of God down to them, nothing can stop them. They don't have to be lonely. They don't have to be depressed. They don't have to be attached to their phone or to a video game at all times. They can be about the things of God. They can be about the things of God. And guess what? It is our job as parents. It is our job as a church to be sure that we take care of the next generation. It's our job. It's what we're gonna do. Go to the, go to the last slide for me, the one that's got the card on it. Here we go. Everybody, when you walked in, you should have gotten this card right here. Everybody hold that card up for me. Come on, hold it up. Get it out. Here we go. I see one. I need to see a lot more of these. Come on. I need to see these cards. You not get one? All right. Are they back there, Ryan? They're somewhere. Stephanie gave them to me. I don't know what I did with them. You got them. All right. Hey, if you don't have one, raise your hand. Everyone's getting one of these. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Ryan, hand those out for me. Come on. There we go. I'll give Ryan a hand. He's like Vanna White right now. There you go, keep going, keep going. Everybody, everybody. All the adults, I guess kids don't really need this, but the adults need these. Come on, here we go, here we go. We got more. Come on, I want to, you can hand me one too, right? I should have brought one up. There you go, come on. Look at this, I'm only seven seconds over right now. Here we go, I'm doing good. I'm sweating like a sinner in church, though, I tell you right now. Listen. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put my pastor hat on for a second, okay? We need you to step up right now, church. My life was drastically changed by student ministry. I would not be here, this church would not be here, you would not be sitting in this seat if it wasn't for a student ministry. I love students. God does something in students that he, it's hard to do in an, in an adult. So we're starting our student ministry, September 14th. I'm so excited. Ryan and Jess, why don't y'all come up here real quick. Y'all just, y'all stand right here. Ryan and Jess are leading our student ministry. I'm so excited, they're so excited. But one thing that we did when we were making our budget for this year is we had no idea, that was before we started at this location and most people that are here started after that. We didn't plan on having a student ministry because we had no idea who would show up and now we have students. We just graduated two out of kids ministry and now what are they gonna do? Well, they're gonna go to our student ministry. But guess what? We need your help to make this happen. And so we've made this card. It says generation to generation on the front. This is a way that you can tangibly make sure that the next generation at this church and in this community can hear about the mighty acts of God. They can hear about the things of God. And you're gonna scan this card right here and that's gonna take you to an Amazon wish list that these people have made. Ryan and Jess have made this and they've said, if we have these things, student ministry is gonna be awesome at Oasis Church for who we are. Now, we're not trying to be a mega church. We ain't a mega church, but we're gonna be who we are. We're gonna be great at who we are. And so there's stuff on here at every price point, okay? There's stuff on here that's a couple hundred bucks, an Apple TV to show the lessons that we're gonna be doing, by the way. And there's stuff, there's like a mini fridge on there for snacks and drinks, for stuff like that down there. But there's other stuff on here that's like uh, dodgeball balls and, and kickball bases and I can't remember all the other stuff on there, but there's stuff on every, every price point on here. I would love today to empty out this list, today. Let's get behind the church starting the student ministry. And beyond that, I think some people in here need to serve in student ministry. And show up on Wednesday nights at our house and love on these kids, have fun, help Ryan and Jess lead this thing and let's make the best student ministry that we can possibly make. Why? Because the next generation needs to understand the things of God. They need to be reminded of what God can do so that when they're faced with these things, that they can stand strong in their faith because they have a firm foundation. This will help us. And I know, and we, we already got our curriculum and all that kind of stuff, but man, this stuff is just gonna make it fun for kids to be at. That's one of our core values. We're genuinely fun. This is gonna help make it fun, practical, and an amazing experience for our kids. And so scan this, send it to our, it'll go right to our house and it'll get right into where it needs to go. You can write a little note on there that says, hey, we're praying this kickball set. Uh, you know, people get hit in the face with the balls all for Jesus, right? Like this is just, just do something. But we need you to rally behind this, church. Need you to. Not me, but Sam and Nate, their friends, other kids, y'all, they invited a kid at an estate sale the other day that might come to our pseudo ministry. They need that. This is a way you can make it happen today. So make this happen. Don't go to Black Press this week. I love Black Press. Save that money, help us launch the student ministry. That'd be awesome. Let's pray together. God, we love you. I thank you for this generosity of this church. I thank you that they rally behind your mission and the vision of this church. I pray this is no different. God, I pray for our next generation. Would you use them in a mighty way? Would you help us remember the things that you've done so we can always tell them? Jesus, we thank you for everything you've done in the past. I thank you for your provision, how you've come through. I thank you for the miracles you've done. And I love that we're just getting started. We love you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand.